First off, happy anniversary. It is. We started the first episode of They Didn't Ask Us dropped on September 30th of last year. Look at us. We are a year old. I'm so proud. So many good memories. We've we've come so far. Geographically, we have come so far. First off, to the listeners, to the three people that listen to this podcast, we love you guys so much. You, me, and my son. Okay, the three <laughs> listeners. No, we've got more than that. In fact, we've got a few listeners in Ireland, so what's up? I, I don't know. I, what, say, I don't know. I, I, I don't almost, know, like a like an Ir- Irish greeting. I don't know what that would be. I almost bought some Red Breast today, Irish whiskey. It has a st- incredible reputation but i didn't so maybe are you sure it has a reputation over there or is it just like they label it as irish just to make americans go "Ooh, irish Um, whiskey no it's not that conor mcgregor celebrity marketed crap yeah Uh, i think it is actually supposed to be higher quality because it it, the one i almost got was like age 12 years Mm. and once you get past personally this is just my opinion once you get past around like seven or eight years, you get a much higher quality product. So to go all the way to 12, that would have been smooth. Like that would have been as smooth as I wanted to be in high school. As smooth as silk or glass. Oh, when you said as smooth as silk, I thought you were leading into some type of comic book news with silk that I didn't know. Oh, no. <laughs> that would have been that would have been smooth. Yes, that would have been smooth. I am not that smooth. But to our listeners, we love you guys. Thank you so much for what you do. Um, I just... I. I kind of wanted to start out the show asking a favor of you. You know, we have, last time I looked, we have right around 65 pretty consistent listeners. Holy and cow. yeah, which is awesome. And I, it, it, it's really, really cool. But I want more. I want more. I want more listeners. For our listeners, I have a task for you that I would really love, and that is for you to share this show with at least one of your friends. If you don't have a friend, find a stranger on the street. I would like to I would like to give the addendum to the challenge. Share your favorite episode of this Ooh, show yes. with your friend. Because yeah. that way it's a much more natural segue of like, hey, you know, they talked about something that I like or they talked about something that I hate. Bridge that gap, added commonality. And then when you do that, let us know. And then keep like keep suggesting things you would want us to see or read. So you might as well go ahead and give your feedback. We want to hear from you. We want to make this a community. Uh, this is a safe place for everybody to come to and share their thoughts and opinions. And uh, we want to hear from you. So that is my challenge and my little uh, plug right here at the beginning of the episode. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Nope. No, no, no. No superheroes here. Just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. Well, welcome to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me here, of course, is my co-host, Sonny Squints. John is squinting I'm about, at I squinted the at my webcam, hard. but that doesn't really... You can't squint loud enough to be caught on a microphone, and if you can, something is wrong. <laughs> yeah, you've got, like, you've got something very wrong, <laughs> if, if there's sound there. Well, I am excited for this episode. Uh, we reviewed X-Men, the uh, movie that came out way back in the day. In the year 2000. I mean, I feel like when you say that, that artificially ages us. Like, that was just I mean, 20 that, years. That was, but just 20 years? That was 20 years ago. Jay, have you ever, have you ever thought about the concept of time? 20 years. Is I try not to. I did that at work one day. I was just zoned out entirely. And my coworker from across the, across the office looked at me. And she just, she, we had worked together for a while at this point. So she knew that I was thinking something. And she just looked at me. She goes, what? And I looked at her. I was like. <laughs> Have you ever thought about the concept of time? But I was just, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday. Man, time's a crazy thing because like a day is a day except on like other planets when a day is a year and then it's like, oh. Yeah, time is weird, especially considering that we are the only creatures that really worry about time. All the other creatures have no concept of time. Like, they've even discovered that dogs, like, dogs don't know. Like, when you leave the house and you come back, 
they really have no idea how long you've been gone. So first up, we have the news, and uh, we actually mentioned this earlier, unless I cut that out. (laughs) Spider-Man Remastered on PS5 will have a different look for Peter Parker. Have you seen the comparison for this? It's pretty wild, actually. I heard that there were were two or three PS5 exclusive skins, which, I mean, I feel like you have to do something, because when you have generational progression... Right, so if you could play on PS4 and just move to PS5, you would need to have something to try to get those PS5 players immediately. In addition yeah, to so, the allure of a new console. Well, it's not even just the costume; they they've completely changed the way that Peter's face looks. Huh? It's different, and, and actually, to me, it looks more like Tom Holland. Were looks you? a lot like him. Okay, were you were you forgetting Tom Holland? I did, the, man. I, the best. Na- his Spider-Man? name just completely left me. I would say in in MCU, he is probably one of my top five castings. Let's say him, Robert Downey Jr., Evans, Hemsworth. So that's really four. all pretty good, except that's for no. uh, Bruce Banner. I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. I'm with you there, but at this point, he's been in it so long, it's almost like a, I can't visualize anyone else being Banner. So if they were going to get a different Hulk, it would role. have to be a different Hulk. It'd have to be like Amadeus Cho, or yeah. maybe try to try to bring in you know Red Hulk, or all those, like those other characters we might see in She-Hulk. I know we, we talked before about, like, we don't know any of these characters. Like, there's some. I don't know. Peter Parker looks different in the video games. Or in the in the remastered version, so I know a lot of people are upset about it. I don't really get why. I mean, whoop de doo! It's a computer generated character. Who cares? Yeah, well, I mean, That's it's not thought. like <laughs> it's not like you. I mean, Spider Man's been around for a a bit, right? We talked about yeah. the concept of time briefly earlier. So he's been around since what, like the '60s? And I imagine he has not looked the exact same in those fifty plus years. Yeah, he's always. I mean, even the. Even the Peter Parker that was in the the PS4 version, like it didn't look like what the typical Peter Parker that you see. You know, it, it was it was very different. So was he edgy and cool like Andrew Garfield? Because that's what he should have been. I think he was more like Tobey Maguire dancing at the jazz club. I I sent somebody a Tobey Maguire Spider Man gift this week <laughs> because it was the guys I play Warzone with, and they were like. Why aren't you on yet? And I sent him that gift. It said, pizza time. Because <laughs> I was eating dinner. <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of Spider-Man movies, so Spider-Man 3, not that Spider-Man 3, but the Spider-Man 3 with Tom Holland, Jamie Foxx is going to be reprising his role as Electro. And he's not going to be blue. This is official. He is I'm... actually going to be playing Electro. And then on top of that, Spider-Man 3 is going to begin filming this fall in Atlanta. So short of Electro, who is left to be a villain in Spider-Man movies? You mean that has like never been used? Th- um, That would be available for the MCU. Because MCU hasn't done Goblin yet, have they? They haven't introduced no. Osborne at all. They haven't introduced Osborne, which at this point, I don't know if they will just because... Oh, no, they will. You think they so? Have- Thunderbolts. They absolutely will. Oh, yeah. I don't know how, but Thunderbolts roughly is the Marvel equivalent of the Suicide Squad. So depending on how the Suicide Squad movie goes next year, I I don't see how you could not. As far as any other characters that haven't been in the MCU, they they haven't done uh, Doc Ock. Um, I don't don't think they will. Alfred Molina was too good. Yeah, he was really good. That movie in general was one of the best Spider-Man movies I think we've ever had. I would say outside of the MCU, that Spider-Man 2 has a shout of being the best comic book movie. It was great. Perfect. I would agree. Spider-Man is one of those characters, he's kind of like Batman, where he just has a such a huge cast of villains, and they're all really good. And they all I mean, have a not- really... They're not all really good. Yeah, I would debate they were all, they're all really good. R- Rhino... As it like Rhino cannot be a standalone villain in a major motion picture. No, well, okay, I agree with that. But you could have Rhino and Scorpion and Shocker. Well, they already did Shocker, didn't they? Well, they kind of did Shocker. Kinda, yeah. I want to see. I think this person was supposed to be in Morbius, 
but uh, Craven the Hunter. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I think, especially now that, that Peter Parker has been outed as Spider-Man, yeah, Craven the Hunter be, is a great idea. That'd be perfect. That's another movie that they haven't talked about when that's going to be released. Morbius? Did they ever say it, a release date for that? I think it got pushed back to like vaguely next year. Mulan, you know, is going to be on Disney Plus in December for everybody. But they've also said that Mulan will be streaming on other platforms besides Disney Plus starting next week. So, so that I, would be I'm, for... I'm assuming it's like Amazon where you can pay to like rent it mm-hmm. kind of deal. And for and for people not listening to this uh, day of launch, that would be the second full week of October. And uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home director John Watts has stated he would love to use Craven in the third film. So I just want to say, I thought of that independently, and they're already on it. Now, this is something we haven't talked about in a long time. Star Wars. We've got Star Wars news this week. John? Is it because Squadrons came out? No. Did it come out? The first Friday in October, Squadrons is now available everywhere. Oh, see, I didn't know that it had already come out. I thought that that was going to be much later. I don't know if I'll be getting it, but... I'll let everybody else play it first and then tell me how it is. But Star Wars news, multiple upcoming projects are rumored to be playing a big part centered on Darth Bane. And for those of you at home who are like, Darth Bane, that sounds like a Batman character. Real talk, before we get into this, that is a crossover I would be here for. I would love that. I just want to get that out there. You were saying so. Use use the force. (laughs) I I was, what was, what's this thing? I was born into it. Yeah, uh, no, Darth Bane, <laughs> Darth Bane, for those of you at home that aren't keeping track, those that was the guy that created the rule of two, uh, which is what the Sith believe in, that there's always a master and an apprentice, uh, and then that's it. Those are the only two in the whole Sith. They're looking at kind of centering a bunch of projects around that. That doesn't necessarily mean that... They're going to make a movie about it that could be more about, like, this High Republic era that they've been talking about. But we're going to be getting more of that kind of stuff next year. So I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I could do with more high-quality Star Wars content. High-quality is the key. High-quality. Because Mandalorian Season 2 is fast approaching. It is, and the first season was high-quality. And I'm afraid that they see, you know, oh, you know, everyone loved The Mandalorian. And they did that new season of Clone Wars, which was hit and miss. Mm -hmm. And I just don't want to get flooded with crap. Avatar is a movie that you and I have both voiced as being just a complete waste of time. It was Pocahontas with blue Smurfs. You could just say Smurfs. Smurfs are blue. It's more stream. Are they all blue? I mean, the only one did that they I can ever think discover of. a different Smurf that was a different color? You know, I'm not super well versed in Smurf fandom. <laughs> not either. I'm just um, challenging your thought process there. That's not the the first question I would have about the Smurfs, but you know, I let's move on. Uh, <laughs> but the um, uh, Avatar two it has finished. It is ready to go, and Avatar 3 is wrapping up production. Oh, come on. He filmed three movies back to back to back. Like, they're all filming. So, 2, 3, and 4 are all... From what I understand, yes. Ugh, I just threw up a little bit. That's gross. Think of the the budget for those movies that could have been used on, like, stuff people want to see. And then, to wrap up the news, Moon Knight which is a series coming to Disney+. Plus. It is a Marvel superhero who's known to be a little bit crazy, is eyeing Keanu Reeves to be Moon Knight. Come on. Which, I, I mean, I could see that. I could see him playing a little bit crazy. It's not that I don't love Keanu Reeves, because I do. I am just worried about Keanu Reeves' burnout. Yeah, too much of him. And this, like, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Well, I heard that a while back they were th- rumors that Daniel Radcliffe might be Moon Knight. Honestly, I'd totally be in for that. I totally be on board with that. I mean, I, I would for sure be in with that because he's just got to do something to separate himself from being Harry Potter. He really does. 
And I mean, if you think about it, the most successful actors in that series since it wrapped are the minor characters. Yeah. Who you go back and you look and you're like, wait, they were, yeah, they were in Harry Potter. Emma Watson, uh, Tom Felton. Um... Rupert Grint has like a food truck or something. Like, <laughs> No, and it's not, a, it's not a shot at him. That's what he wanted to do. Huh. He was like, I mean, I'm that? just going to coast. Like, I... I've made it. You know, back before they have the current Doctor in Doctor Who, which I can't even remember who plays it now, uh, but there was rumor that it might be uh, Rupert Grant, and I thought that would be perfect. I would be on board with that 100%, but of course they went with somebody else. I, I just, I don't like the show anymore. I don't, I used to watch it all the time. It's gotten, it's, it's, it's out there. It's just, it's not good. But yeah, that was our news. News segment. I mean, everybody has on on shows that are that long running, and for me, it's it's SNL. They have that era when it's like when they grew up with it, and they say this is the era of the show that I think is the best. So for a lot of people our age and and younger who got into Doctor Who around its resurgence, they go back and they look and they say, you know, the Tenant era was the best whatever doctor number he was. I don't know, and I don't care. But that's not to say that, who was it, Louis Capaldi's uncle, Peter, was a bad doctor, objectively. I know I can picture her face, but I don't know her name, or that she's a bad doctor. It's just that might not be your thing. But the people who are into it right now, this could be their defining era. Right, and I think something that a lot of people forget, too, is that it is a children's show. Like, it's, it's geared for children, and, and actually young children. So, you know, for people to get upset about it, you know, you kind of just got to be like, I mean, you can you can say you don't like it, but to hate on it is just kind of a different, that's just something different and ridiculous and shouldn't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my two cents on it, though. Moving past the news, now that we're off our tiniest soapbox of all time. That nobody else cares about. That nobody cares. So, John, we reviewed a movie that I swear to you, I have not seen this movie all the way through since it was in theaters. That shocks me. Genuinely. Really? Yeah. Yeah? Because, I mean, it's not, I... Like I've, it's not like I've watched it dozens of times, but I've probably watched it, so it's 20 years old. I've watched it probably six times. So I, I've only watched it all the way through once before this. So this was just my second time. But I've seen like, I don't know why, but I've seen like bits and pieces of it over the years. I don't know if it's like clips from YouTube that I've seen. This Maybe this just movie, the highlights or something. I don't know. This movie to me, like the quintessential oh, I'll watch it while what I'm watching is in commercials. Yeah, that and might be. Don't, don't let that, you know, taint how you think I'm going to talk about this movie. I love this movie, but it is widely available on, like, TBS or TNT or FX. Like, it's probably on cable six times a week. The opportunity is there to watch this movie five minutes at a time. Yeah, and that might be why I've only watched it in pieces because it was, it really was one of those movies that I flipped back and forth from watching something else or doing something else. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Well, it came out in 2000, as we've already established, so it's 20 years old now, starring Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, Ian McGellan, Halle Berry, I was about James to Marsden. What? You're going you're gonna to get to a name that I don't know how to pronounce. Oh, Anna Paquin? Nope, that's that's not Anna Paquin, yeah. And then <laughs> Famke Jansen. Famke? Famke. I would say you either go full American English with Famke Jansen or full like Scandinavian with Famke Janssen. There's no in between. I like the second one better. And I and I don't know which one it is. <laughs> but she played Jean Grey. <laughs> So we'll just call her by her character name instead. <laughs> you, uh, if, if you watch this movie and you think, oh, I've seen her somewhere, she was the villainous Bond girl from GoldenEye. Oh, uh, yeah. And she was the love interest in The Born Identity. Oh, wow. I got you. I didn't recognize that at all. 
Yeah. I know her from somewhere. Oh, yeah. Story. There's mutants and humans. Mutants have been around for a while, but are becoming more common. A young rogue runs away from home and stumbles into Wolverine slash Logan. From there, they both discover a much larger world full of mutants, both good and bad. However, both fighting for their rights to be treated like other people. Xavier and his school of mutants want to show the world what a huge help mutants can be, but Eric slash Magneto wants to show the world that mutants are superior in every way. So it's a pretty standard X-Men plot. X-Men good, like, Brotherhood bad, humans chaotic neutral. And that's our review. Thank <laughs> you and good night. <laughs> I'm interested. So you said you love this movie. I you said you like love it? this movie. Okay. And I think going back, I'm going to say this at the beginning of the review. It is very important to watch this movie with 2000, like year 2000 glasses on. That's true. So if you get out of, like if you finish Infinity War, or even, you know, the Wolverine, right, with the same actor and character, you have a completely different expectation for what a superhero movie should be than going into 2000 when the superhero movies most successful at the time had been the Tim Burton Batman and then the Joel Schumacher Batman that we try not to talk about, Blade. Because I think Blade came out in 1998. So the bar is set much lower at the time. Both mm-hmm. in terms of like quality, but also like CG kind of existed a little bit. And I think when you look at it in year 2000 glasses, this movie looks much better. It does. For the time, it was very good. Especially like, I would go so far to say also the dialogue. The dialogue in this movie... now looking at it now is absolutely horrible there are there are some interactions that stand up better than others but a lot of the campy one-liners do not age well dialogue like jay said dialogue in this movie it'll take you back you'll you'll feel uh maybe as old as we do maybe older i don't know our our demographics um do you know what happens to a frog when it's struck by a lightning shut up (laughs) I was same as everything else. I was waiting for it because I knew it was coming, and I was like, "This has got to be the worst line in a superhero (laughs) movie, in a good superhero movie." I will rephrase: bad movies have all kinds of bad lines. But like that woman won an Oscar not long (laughs) after this movie. I think Monsters Ball was two thousand one. Yeah. So literally the next year, she won Best Actress. That that one stands out, and then also the line where Wolverine meets Professor X for the first time, and they're all introducing themselves by their real name and then their code name, and then he looks at him and he's like, so what are you called? Wheels? I love that line, and I'm not, I'm not here for the disrespect. That line is hilarious. If it is, I will, I will also say it's also insensitive to the handicapped community. The humor is there. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I think the problem with me reviewing this movie is because I haven't seen it all the way through since probably, well, since the year 2000 and then like bits and pieces through the early 2000s when I could catch little bits of it on um, cable. I did not like this at all. I I was miserable the whole time. I was like, wow, they made more of these? <laughs> Did not enjoy it at all. So I'm so sad. I, I feel <laughs> betrayed. I need to ask you something that only you would know so I can make sure you're not Mystique in Jay's skin. Somewhat recently, I read a lot of just like random trivia lists in my free time because I have to, I've, I've been on vacation from work this week. So I've had a lot of free time to just read random things. And I read that uh, Do Gray Scott, the villain from Mission Impossible 2, uh, actually suffered, I believe it was an onset injury with Mission Impossible 2, like he bruised his ribs or something. And that led to him not getting the part of Wolverine because he was the favorite. And then it went to Hugh Jackman, who Mm. was Wolverine for... When did Logan come out? 2017? Yeah. uh, Gosh, it was so much later. (laughs) But like he held down that role. Yeah. Even when they crossed over into first class and they went, you know, younger 
characters, older storylines, mm-hmm. it was still Hugh Jackman. Like to and me, I mean, he's he's ludicrously talented, right? Like yeah. he's been on Broadway. He can sing. He can dance. He's he's a funny guy. And this, to me, is the defining role of his career, because he yep. had it for so long. I mean, he, he is Wolverine, for always be Wolverine to me. Like, the, I'm sure, eventually, they'll probably get another guy in there to play Wolverine, but it won't matter. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Or in That's... this movie, Hugh, not as jacked as he is later, man. Because that had not been set as the standard for comic book movies in the year 2000. Jay, we talked about this. I understand. Unreasonable expectation of you have to be like the most, like the epitome. Like if you're not on the cover of Men's Fitness doing a comic book movie, you did it wrong. Like that mentality did not exist then. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I mean, even for, I mean, you know, you look at the, the, you watch the movie, he's got his shirt off through for most of the movie and, you know, watching it, you're like, I mean, he's still a ripped guy. It's just, he's not, he doesn't look like he's taken steroids his whole life. He didn't look like he did in the Wolverine is what you're saying. Right. He was cut in that movie. Yes. Because that was the expectation during that time so what are what are pros and cons jay talk more about what you don't like about this movie and then i'll Uh, i'll talk about the good things and you'll counter it yes (laughs) all right so the things that just stood out to me completely was uh magneto's plan to me just didn't make sense because it immediately i thought of uh the incredibles or it's like because when everyone suit or let's see yeah, when everyone's super, no one is. And so in my head, I was like, that was Magneto's plan. Is It's like, if everybody's a mutant, then nobody's a mutant. So we'll all be the same. I mean, in that sense, wouldn't that make The Incredibles have Magneto's plan? Since this came out five years before The Incredibles? That's true. Let's, uh, let's just reset the timeline <laughs> of how that happened. Because time is relative, as we've discussed previously especially in the Um, x-men movies oh my gosh time is the thing that you have to understand especially with x-men movies like days future past the expectation of time being linear is false especially like when they when they send him back in time time stops being beginning to end it's made of like wibbly wobbly timey-wimey stuff Un- unsubscribe how how do i end this that is <laughs> a, do- a doctor who, who yeah a reference <laughs> in case anyone uh got whooshed like i would have if my sister didn't become obsessed for the better part of a decade but, yes ah. but you are right i mean i that is a fair point it's uh you know you, you you got to look at how incredibles you could say stole that from x-men so yeah you, and, you've got a point there and to to flesh out jay's point Magneto makes a machine that he can power because he's a he's a incredibly powerful mutant and it emits this energy wave. How do they explain it in the movie? It like forces a mutation on people yeah, well, where it is not present. Yeah, I think Storm said it awakens the mutant gene inside of everybody. But but the so problem he, is is that it's unstable. Yes. So Magneto and so then it Magneto kidnaps the face of the mutant registration bill. It's a a prominent senator. I've forgotten his name. Tests the machine out on him, and um, it works. He becomes very elastic. Apparently, that was his ability. The side effect is he turns into a puddle. So he he just kind of melts. It's it's not the most wrong word, but it's not the most accurate word. Yeah, he kind of just, he almost just like pops like a water balloon. Yeah, which is but another like, scene literally, I knew, yeah. because then there's just water everywhere. I knew it was coming, but I was like, oh, how is this going to look? And it held up better than I thought it would, to be it honest did. with you. It did, it didn't look too bad. So he he died, he real dead, right? I mean, they got to mop him off the floor. And Magneto, like they tell Magneto at the end of the movie, they're like, hey, uh, that dude died. And he was like, oh. Back to the machine, like the the villain aspect of him, I think really shows up there. 
one thing I love about this movie is the chemistry that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen have. They did. As Charles Xavier and Eric Lyncher Magneto, respectively. Which, in, and if you look at interviews, allegedly they have a really good relationship they're, outside of their acting career. They're legit like, they're, like best friends. So there really say, was actual chemistry there. I want to say, I think it was Ian McKellen got ordained to perform Patrick Stewart's wedding. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, they're real bros. Yeah, that part kind of, the part where, you know, they're like, oh no, this interrupts the the mutant gene, but it's unstable and it's going to kill everybody. We need to go tell Magneto. We need to go, because it sounded like, they made it sound like Magneto may not know. <laughs> they made it, it sound like he unstable. would care. It, right, and that was my thought. I was like, like he cares. He's the villain of the story. He the thing, doesn't care the thing if that's it most work. interesting about Magneto as a large scale villain, what is he's like lawful evil almost because he's not chaotic evil and he's not neutral evil. Yeah, he's like, definitely not he, chaotic. He thinks he's the hero of his story. He does, and because he even had that speech with Rogue on the ship, you know, because. He, he ends up, so Rogue is a character that you meet early, actually the very beginning of the film, and she has the ability to absorb another person's life force, which in a mutant's case, she can absorb the, she can absorb the mutant's power briefly. And so Magneto is like, hey, I'm going to use this machine to turn everybody into mutants, but he doesn't want to do it because it will kill him. So he's willing to sacrifice one mutant, absorb his power briefly, so that she can then turn everybody into mutants. But she's like, are you going to kill me? And he says, if that's what ends up happening. But then he explains why. And he's got, like, a full justification for what he's doing. He he hits her with a, well, actually, um... <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. He's like... It, because they go to the Statue of Liberty to make this machine work, and they replace the um, torch with the machine. And so he looks at the statue and he goes, you know, at one point this was meant to be, like the statue was supposed to represent, what does he say? I, I wish I had the quote in front of me so I could read it. Are you pulling it up? I am not. I had always thought it was an elevation thing, because like, yeah, the symbolism is there of you know the the famous quote the tablet of the statue of liberty but it was also an elevation thing because they were in the torch which is the highest point of the tower i mean it may have been that too but i also think while while jay is looking this up the the reference to the the quote on the tablet of the statue of liberty one thing x-men has done throughout its entire publication history has been it's just a giant metaphor so over time x-men has been used it has addressed issues of racism anti-semitism diversity uh lgbt communism socialism religion subculture genocide that's the entire list Um, but these huge huge societal issues that you kind of like you you don't think that might not be what it's about and then you sit back and you think and you're like oh yeah yeah that's kind of this whole thing yeah you're right that's why the comics were made was to address this in a more creative way just talking about stigma and how created it is yeah so um were you were you able to find the quote yes he he looks at her because she says um magneto's looking at the statue of liberty and goes magnificent isn't she rogue then says are you going to kill me and he says yes and then she's like why and he says because there is no land of tolerance there is no peace not here or anywhere else whole families destroyed simply because they were born different from those in power well after tonight the world's powerful will be just like us they will return home as brothers as mutants cause will be theirs your sacrifice will mean our survival i'll understand if that comes as a small consolation so you know like, he says all this, and, I mean, he's got, like, a valid point, but it's, like, you know, he's doing it as I don't care who gets hurt in the process. Yeah. This is just something that has to happen. Yeah. Well, and, and kind of to delve into his psyche 
a little bit, which is dangerous again because he's the villain. The movie opens with a very Schindler's List-esque scene. Yeah. It's a very black and white, kind of bluish tint, actually. Um, And the only thing that that has visible color is the yellow Star of David, which is notable because they are at a concentration camp. And for those of you who who are aware or saw uh, First Class, Magneto, um, Eric Lyncher is Jewish, I guess was Jewish, he might still be, I don't know. But he survived time in a concentration camp when he was very young, and that changes you. I wouldn't go so far as to call him a sympathetic villain, not as far as, like, like I would call Killmonger in Black Panther a sympathetic villain, because you see where he's coming from, he makes valid points. You know, I mean, he, he, he makes some points. I mean, Magneto is, is almost genocidal in his making a point, and that's, you know, you can make a point, but if that's what it takes to back it up, I'm not on board. If it takes making that big of a sacrifice, then is it really worth it? Yeah, so, you know, you kind of feel for him at the same time. You're like, well, at the same time, your machine doesn't work. Don't really care, though, because you're like, hey, this case, he'll kill them all. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, but spoiler alert, they stop him. Kind of. <laughs> I don't know. That was the other thing. Spoiler <laughs> alert, there are sequels. Well, that was the other thing that I wrote down was, you know, they did all this stuff to stop them. And then they end up, the bad guys don't win exactly, but they kind of do. Because then Mystique turns into that senator and scraps the bill. So only only the X-Men and the Brotherhood know that the senator is dead. Everyone else thinks he just had this wild change of heart. Like he went from A to B real quick i think that actually caught on the microphone that looks terrifying actually i snapped just in case jay edits that out so yeah and and his family didn't question it i'm not sure it's ever clarified if movie if the movie version of this character has a family oh well he says i'm pretty sure he says when he's in the chair and magneto is turning him into a mutant he says i have a family i have a wife and kids i'm pretty sure he says that okay he might have i don't know but still i mean it is kind of you know and then and then that was it and of course how do they figure out figure out that it's a mystique well she trips and her eyes turn yellow i was gonna think because he died as a puddle in their basement but well they don't they don't well that's that's the thing though they don't say anything about it until he trips and then his eyes turn yellow and they pause the screen and everybody in the room's like ah mystique it's almost yeah, like they're what, they're sitting what there you sampling said a wine actually like, makes more sense but that's the way that they reveal it yeah <laughs> it was little things i was i was being really picky about this one which i mean yeah. you have you have every right to do right i mean we're a, we're a critical pod i think so my one of my biggest complaints about this this movie in particular um is how much of a backseat Jean takes. And she's so, like one of the strongest Oh my gosh in yeah. the whole group. She is she what is what do they call her? An Omega level mutant. And theoretically I would think they call her Omega level because she could bring the end of days, which Dark Phoenix, I imagine that's one of the storylines there. I haven't seen it because it's supposed to be terrible. Oh, we should review that one. Oh, why did I say that? <laughs> But she's just like a like a bit part almost because Cyclops and Storm are the the main event of the team. Like I've watched a couple of different X Men things, right? They were mostly cartoons, whatever. Jean has always been a much more important piece of the puzzle than she was in this movie, and that bothered me, especially at the end, because they they they're in I think the head of the Statue of Liberty, and they're trying to get to the torch, and they're like, Storm, can you use the wind and throw Wolverine up there? And it's like, you have. One of, like, the five (laughs) most powerful people on the planet. She can move stuff with her mind. And not only do you not ask her, she can't do it. She goes, oh, I don't know. I might miss. Are you serious? (laughs) Come on now. You just, in just the very first, the, the scene just before, she very strategically and carefully placed Cyclops' glasses so that they were perfectly angled. So that they could hit Sabretooth. 
Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Of all the X-Men villains they could have used, they used Sabretooth and Toad. Yeah, I think the thing with Sabretooth that's so so wonky, the, the characters of Sabretooth and Wolverine have this incredible history that they delve into in a movie that shall not be named. And Agreed. I feel like that aspect is one of the things, movie that shall not be named, did very well. Yeah, the whole, like, Logan is like, oh, I'm mysterious and dangerous, but I'm also, like, hot and the protagonist. Like, that's a very 2000s trope, I feel like. It led into X2 so well, and X2 is so good. Like, what is it with the middle movie of a trilogy almost consistently being the best? You look at Empire, the best. Spider-Man 2, the best. Um, The Dark Knight, the best. And obviously there are exceptions to the rule. Back to the Future, the first one Temple is the best. You could you could make the argument Temple of Doom has had the most lasting impact of any Indiana Jones movie because it inadvertently brought about the advent of the PG-13 rating. Yeah, but we're talking critically. Oh, critically, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, Return of the King, where the third movie is the best. So there, there are exceptions, like Spider-Man 2, X2, Dark Knight. Personally, I think Winter Soldier is the best of the Cap ones. But, conversely... Iron Man 2 and Thor 2 are hot garbage. I feel like that's more correlation than causation, now thinking about it. I'm trying yeah. to create a pattern when there is none. Well, I think what ends up happening is is you have the first one, you know, and it's the introductory, which is really what this was. You know, ultimately, this was an introduction, a very quick introduction, because the movie was only an hour and 40 minutes. So a very quick introduction to these basic characters and then they just build on top of that in the next one. So you already have a pretty solid foundation. And then you build on top of that. And it's like, wow, this is really good. The only problem is, is that they couldn't top that one in the third one. And they crashed and burned. I think a, really... They, it was a classic Spider-Man 3 error. That, and I think that, almost feel like maybe the studio was like, okay, you're only going to get to make one more. And they said, but we could make... <laughs> two more but we have these eight plots uh <laughs> is there any way we could put these eight plots into multiple movies the and studio's Fox like said nah, no you have to put them in one movie and he's like deal three the last stand is not good not at all yeah other than the fast pace the cheesy dialogue i wish the characters had had some better introductions some of it was just kind of crazy random happenstance like what? like rogue just happens to go to canada and isn't that, happens isn't that to what be... she was that's what she was talking with the the boy in her room about before she well, put him in a coma she was like yeah i want to go north well yeah but at the same time the though, coincidence is logan being there the coincidence is not her going to canada well she went to canada and then she just happens to go to the same fighting club that logan was at yeah, no, that's that's pure coincidence to drive the plot. But I'm, I can't defend that. Or, you know, at the same time, though, which, you know, would have been a better explanation, I think, personally, is if, like, later on you had heard Xavier was like, yeah, remember that voice in your head that told you to go to that? You know, maybe he had set it up or something. I don't know. I might be thinking too too much now. I feel like that's too meta because... Rogue meets up with Logan. She kind of, I mean, not even hitchhikes. She stows away She's on his motorcycle away, yeah. trailer. They're ambushed by Sabretooth, and they think Sabretooth attacked them to try to get Logan. So if they, if, if, and it, it turns out, as, as we discussed, Rogue is integral to the villain plot, so they were trying to get her. One thing they never explain is how Magneto knew where she was. He does not have his own Cerebro, even though that's he helped, true. He, he built the one for Xavier. So that's never addressed. That's kind of a, a plot hole. Hmm. Um, but if she does not go to Logan, they don't confuse that intention. The, the back half of the plot might not be driven as cleanly. So it's just kind of an abrupt start to a more finessed end. I wonder if there is a director's cut of this movie. I wouldn't think so. It's it's before those became really a thing. Mm. I want to say there might have been for X3, but even that is, like, I wouldn't want to watch it. I tell you what I do want to watch, and I have never watched, um, Days of Future Past has a Rogue cut. when they Because originally in the theatrical cut, Rogue wasn't in it, I don't think. It's been, a, it's been a long time since I've seen Days of Future Past, actually. They went back in post and added Anna Paquin as 
an integral character and made her a lot more important and kind of changed maybe not the tone of the movie but like added her in there because i mean i think all right let's go through the main cast as who we like and i think we can knock three of them out right of way right right of way right away we can say patrick stewart ian mckellen hugh jackman wonderful perfect they're they're great to me, and this is a controversial nerd opinion, when I think Patrick Stewart, I think Charles Xavier. I don't think Picard. Oh, see, I immediately jumped to Picard, but that's just me. Also, for Ian McKellen, I jump to Magneto. I don't jump straight to Gandalf. And that's more of me a me thing, right? So I mean they're they're higher or they're they're closer together to me than um like Hugh Jackman and anything, because I mean what what else really jumps out at you for him? Les Mis the greatest showman like these these large-scale musicals and they don't quite have the staying power that wolverine does in my opinion so let's go uh james marsden as cyclops what do you think i really liked him as cyclops the thing that i think he does well as cyclops is he's very rigid and that is the scott summers character so i feel like it would be easy to watch that and be like He's not very good when in reality, I imagine he was doing exactly as he was directed to because Scott Summers is that, you know, he buttons the top button on his shirts. He follows all the rules. Plays by the rules. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he's he's almost the antithesis of Logan in that sense where Logan's like, like, I mean, you know, we we crossed some lines. We did some bad things, but the good things like we, we did what we were supposed to do at the end. I liked the line between Cyclops and Professor X where um, he's just talking about how he doesn't like Wolverine. And he says, why don't you like Wolverine? And he goes, because he doesn't follow orders. And then Professor X says, well, then give him some orders that are worth following or something like that. Yeah. Just meaning like, don't just give orders just to give orders, like give him orders that have a purpose. I liked that. I liked that part. Halle Berry as Storm. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't really, I mean, she didn't really do much. I think the, the biggest limitations with Halle Berry's performance as Storm are effects driven, right? So Mm -hmm. this was in 2000. So as time has gone on, the Storm power effects have gotten almost exponentially better. I would say. Um, But in this first movie, she is written very poorly. Like a lot of the campy, corny lines end up with her, I think. Like I said, she won. She has a Best Actress Oscar. There's only so much you can do. Like for this movie. Uh, I can agree with that. I think that it was, you know, she did the best that she could. But all the characters, I mean, I think she was was very close to portmaning, which is what I call that. When When a good performer typically an actress if we're being honest gets a bad script i'm thinking attack of the clones natalie portman oh i just thought of something i was just going through all the characters i was like were there any other characters and i was thinking about all the side characters mystique and i forgot that that iceman and the fire guy yeah they're introduced they're introduced and and then i just remembered the scene where they're in the classroom and he makes the fireball and Iceman freezes the fireball into a solid block of ice. Yeah, I like that. Last they... I checked, that's not how it works. It can be how it works. Can be. It takes extreme cold, but it can happen. Freezes fire solid? I mean, I've never done it with fire, but have you thrown, like, have you ever been in an environment that's so cold, you throw a pot of boiling water outside and it freezes by the time it hits the ground? Yeah, but that's what should have happened, is it should have just gone, and then just like, yeah, made steam. That's exactly what should have happened. I mean, I feel like that, it doesn't drive the point home well enough. But I like that I like that they established that rivalry between the two of them because that's that's a long term play because throughout the course of this trilogy they do go back and forth. Yeah. So in in the event we review those movies in the future, I wanna leave that discussion for then. And I say that because X two is supposed to be hitting Disney Plus this month. Oh. October of twenty twenty, we are supposed to be getting X two. Well there we go. And as you can tell from the excitement in my voice i'm so excited about that because that's it's the best one (laughs) well we might have to review it then i'm sure i will that's another one i haven't watched in a very very long time so again though i mean it came out in like 2003 probably so 17 years it's on all those same channels typically right after x-men yeah so it's like uh what are those 
oh, what what holidays are those? When it's like Memorial Day, here's a marathon of movies we think men like. And it's like, yeah. well, throw some variety in there. Like, sprinkle, like, crazy stupid love in there, which is a very underrated movie. I want it to is. get that out there. <laughs> that's a good, that's a pretty good movie. What is it, like, uh, isn't Mean Girls Day soon for where we're recording? Oh, you know I what I'm talking no about? I want to say it's like October. It's early in the month. We might, by the time this releases, we might have already missed it. But again, another very underrated movie. Sprinkle that in there for some flavor, you know? <laughs> Give us some variety. Yes, it's the spice of life. Well, I think we should probably rate it. This is so, so tricky for me because... On a s- scale on a, of 1 to 10 X's. On a scale of 1 to Logan, right? <laughs> yes, 1 to Logan. I mean, Definitely. this is really stupid to say, but on a scale of 1 to Logan, it is an X-Men. Like, it is on that continuum. Yeah. You know, we you could probably say, I mean, you know, we, we know which one is the lowest of all the X-Men movies. <sighs> Do we, though? Yes. I honestly, like, guilty pleasure... And I will probably catch some flack for this. X-Men Origins Wolverine, the aforementioned movie that shall not be named, is a guilty pleasure movie of mine. It's not good, and I admit that, but it's enjoyable. So to me, the worst X-Men movie that I have seen, because I have not seen Dark Phoenix, is in contention between um, Apocalypse, which I have seen, and is Mm. not good, X3, The Last Stand. Those to me are worse than Origins. I'm going to put Last Stand as the lowest. Okay. And then I would say Origins, Wolverine Origins is probably right above that. I would honestly put X-Men, the first one, at number three. You would put it as worse than Apocalypse. I would. Come on. (laughs) It is on the complete other end of the scale for me. Like, the only movies that I can say that are the only X-Men movies I can comfortably say are better than this movie, in my opinion, are X2 and Logan. So you have it as the third worst. I have it as the third best. I'm not going to lie. Now I'm kind of interested in seeing this full scale because I think beginning and end were pretty similar, right? Mm -hmm. It's just when we get to the middle. Logan definitely is number one. If I were to take it out of the scale and just try try to put it on that scale where it compares to another movie, I would say on a scale of... On a scale of Apocalypse to Logan, I would rate this as the Wolverine. So it's right there together. So it's like I would it's like a like a six and a half, a seven. Like it's decent. I would give it a good review, but it is it, it is not Logan. And similarly it is not Apocalypse. Like it's just a decent hour and a half movie. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. I was a little disappointed in it. Um but I mean at the same time I haven't seen it in years. And so I guess I was just expecting more. That's always so hard. Yeah. Like when you and, and when you go back and watch a movie that you loved as a kid, having not seen it since you were a kid. Yeah. For for comparative purposes. Um, my wife and some friends of ours and I have taken most I would say ninety percent of the Tuesday nights of this summer and either gone to the movies at our local theater or in the event they weren't showing something that we wanted to see watched something at typically their house and we didn't watch one this past week because they were real bogged down with work and stuff and there wasn't really a good option but the week before that we watched the land before time Ooh, let me tell you it's rough because it's one of those if you're i'll say like mid 20s to early 30s you watched at least three Land Before Time movies growing up. I would <laughs> there say were that is so a many. that is a confident wager. This movie is shockingly short. It is uh, sixty nine minutes long, and the one there's like four characters in the entire movie, and one of them is just this unrepentant jerk the entire time. So the the story of Land Before Time for those of you who are I'm going down this rabbit hole, Jay. Just let, let me have my moment. I am Sunny Squints for this episode, okay? Sunny Squints loves Land Before Time. And so there's like four characters this entire movie. They're all little kids of various species that I don't even think existed in the same eras of prehistory. <laughs> First of all, I have not done that research, but I am confident they did not coexist. And one of them, Sarah, the Triceratops, real slick there. Hey, um, is just a jerk the whole time and then the movie ends and you're just like man 
by the end of this movie, I was kind of cheering for the T-Rex to get her. Because they were the, yeah, there were these little kids being chased by this alpha predator. And then, <laughs> sorry, it, uh, the movie happens so fast because it's less than 70 minutes long. You know, that movie also has like a lot of dark, like behind the scenes stuff too. That I did not know, but I am looking it up. Yeah, uh, the little girl that played Ducky, um, she was murdered. No, Ducky is like the only pure character of this movie. I know, she was actually, she. I think she was killed by her dad. Jay, how would you say that to me? I mean, it, it's it's really dark, and yet they kept making them. There's like 15 Land Before Time movies. I have I have the wiki up right now. And I have to scroll. Uh, there's 14. Wow. Right? The first one came out in 1988. The most recent. I'm not going to say last um, because of the gap between the two movies. The The most recent one came out in 2016. What? But before that, the last one had come out in 2007. So That's a who, really big gap. Who knows at this point if there's Land Before Time 15 on the way. At this point, I feel like they've caught up to time. Land before time, but it's just like a bunch of people going to the grocery store. Or do, or do you think they would have the 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 common comic book thing of um, the the culture ages, but the character doesn't? So Littlefoot, <laughs> the the Brontosaurus, whatever. I don't know if he's actually. I don't. I don't care. Um, but he's just like walking around like Silicon Valley, just like like being a hipster in California or something. Maybe that movie, We're Back, maybe Land Before Time was a prequel to We're Back. Yes, yes. These are the type of pop culture conspiracy theories you will not get anywhere else. That's true. <laughs> you heard it here first. Actually, well, no. I tell, you, I tell you what I want to see. I want to see Jurassic World video, but cut over with lines from the Land Before Time. Like being said from the dinosaurs? It's like the dinosaurs are talking to Chris Pratt, but they're like, they have these children's voices. <laughs> Little kids. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. Uh, real quick, uh, what you, what you doing? Well, there's a new season of Call of Duty and my dumb self just found out that there is cross progression, which means that I can log into my Call of Duty, my PlayStation Call of Duty account on my computer and Uh still have all of my unlocks and stuff. So I don't have to start from scratch. Oh, nice. Um, so I've been dipping my toe in the, the PC realm, getting the floor wiped with me. Like I'm the senator from that X-Men movie because he <laughs> melted into a puddle um, just to bring that back. Beta for Cold War is coming out soon and I will probably pre-order the game. Highest on my list right now is FIFA 21 because my beloved Nashville SC is in the game for the first time. Oh, sweet. That's and pretty cool. I am thrilled. Uh, what else? What else? I have all these playthroughs play? that I've started. I'm sorry? Just curious, like when they when you play as them, will you play at the Titan Stadium? You would think that would be possible because they have the files at EA. Just get them from the Madden team. Right. But I don't think that so they're just going to have like generic a created stadium. stadium. Yeah. Huh. There's a there's a very limited number of MLS stadiums that are actually in the game. Like I think they oh, okay. it was either this year or last year they just added Providence Park, mm. which is the the very domestically famous stadium for Portland. Um so maybe once once Nashville's soccer specific stadium gets built, it could be added into the game. I don't know. Um I have so many playthroughs that are like in progress when like i've i've started fallen order and i started another arkham city playthrough i started the witcher 3 and i've just kind of fallen back into call of duty with a like a dash of among us in there for kicks just spice it up a little bit whatever what have you been up to well i have been up to just recently i bought Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, it was on sale. Rockstar had a sale. And um, it was only like 20 bucks or something like that. Ah, so $1 per gigabyte of storage you need for this game. Uh, Just kidding. That's, that's an underestimate for sure. That game is massive. It is. and uh, But it's beautiful. The game is incredible. So I've been playing through that. I've had a lot of fun with that. Um, I've also 
bought at the same time I bought um, the Division Two, so I'm still playing the first Division. Uh, so once I finish the storyline for that, I figured I'd just jump on over into the Division Two, see what that's like. Yeah, I know. Comparatively, the first Division is is dead, right? There's not probably not the huge player base for it that there was when I was in it. Yeah, there's like hardly anybody in the game. In the event that you decide you want to grind for a gun, there is one exotic gun that is a game changer for running that game. It is an SMG called The House. The House. It's it's what you want. Good the, to know. The, the build I ended up with in that game turned that gun into a monster. Well, I will uh, I'll have to check it out. It, I'm, I'm still really enjoying everything about The Division. Very excited to get into all of it. So, but other than that, uh, not really. I, I've been watching The Boys on Amazon. Gosh, it's so messed up. Like anytime I start watching it, I I kind of question myself. I'm like, why am I watching this again? Because that's that to me is the ultimate what if. I know what if is one of those big Marvel things of like revisionist. Like, what if this you know climactic event had gone differently? Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about the boys in the past. It's it's effectively just what if people with powers had no morals i feel like that's a very succinct explanation and well it's basically what if superpowers were actually real because you know the the good thing about our fictitious superheroes is that they all have like a very strong moral compass and 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 they're not only are they superhuman in their abilities but they're almost superhuman in like their decision making whereas in real life we are terrible people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a it's a known phrase, right? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Right. There's a reason that's an accepted phrase. So, like you were saying, to have someone with all of these... I mean, it's almost like playing playing life on God mode, right? Like, think of like having those powers in, in Red Dead. Yeah. Right? It's, 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 it's transcendent. It's pretty messed up. Yeah. But anyway, so that's, that's wrapping up, I think, next week, actually. Uh, they've been releasing... This this season they've been releasing one week at a time. They adapted the Disney Plus model all at the same time. Yeah, which I actually really appreciate because uh, that's kind of how I watch nope. them anyway. I'm not nope. one to to binge watch. I like to spread it out, you know, and enjoy it. I gotta take time to digest like what just happened. It in it each works episode. better for me because if you think of the Marvel Netflix shows think of them as one long plot yeah it's almost like the the way they build off each other you almost like for me at least like i can't just oh well you know it's you know it's 8 30 i have to go do this other thing it was like no i want to see what happens next yeah. and some of them like iron fist and the punisher it's like nothing happened in this entire episode mm. like season one That's of the true. punisher ludicrously slow build but yeah. once it hits it hits <laughs> Yeah. Like, it goes down at the end of that season one. I don't think I ever watched it. There's a season two of that, right? There is. It was not any good at all. Dang it. I, we it's not started, what I want to hear. I know. I'm sorry. We got, like, maybe three episodes into it, my wife and I did, and we were both just like, nah, this just isn't any good. But yeah, so that's what I've been up to, and... um so not much else going on. Well, and for those of you at, at home or in your car or listening to us on a plane or a cruise ship, wherever you are, I don't know your lives. What have you what have y'all been doing? You know, reading, watching, listening to some things that you enjoy, you want to throw our way. I mean, I like to think we're very receptive to that idea. Definitely. I mean, we, we have a Facebook page. We've been, um, we yes. have Facebook pages, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. You can interact with us on our posts and our comments, um, react to them, like, heart, uh, care. You can, you can DM us on Facebook. If you don't want to do that, we have an email. They didn't ask us at gmail.com. No spaces, no punctuation. You can leave us a voice message for a, a chance to be featured on a future episode on our Anchor profile, which is anchor.fm slash they didn't ask us. You can follow us on Instagram at they didn't ask us. Yeah, I know I'm at this point, what would that be, like 10 years behind? Uh, I still don't have an Instagram. Hey, I didn't have an Instagram until about 
maybe a year and a half ago. Well, my my thing has always been my life is not exciting enough to document with pictures. Like right, it would yeah. just be it would just be a lot of pictures of my desk, right? So up up here, I've started calling it the alcove. What I'm vibing with right now because it's not a true studio uh-huh. and it's not an office in the purest sense. So neither of those felt good. And calling it my gaming room, I feel like you think board games or tabletop games and it's not those so i've gone with the alcove it would be a lot of pictures of that it would be pictures of my dog pictures of my other dog it would would be really boring but cute hopefully a picture of your wife in there somewhere if she if she would consent i don't know how we are i know my sister is really really picky about uh social media presence so i don't think they have a lot of pictures of like her or her husband or their kid on on facebook oh, right yeah um i mean personally I I'm, I'm fine i don't care and i think I, I believe she has an instagram so i don't imagine she would care too much but it's not one of those like i'm not a i'm not a true conspiracy theorist in the sense of like they use social media to monitor us in the purest sense don't get me wrong they do like instagram they're not like oh he went to Krispy Kreme instead of Donut Country, or instead of Donut Country is the local shop for where I'm at. Um, but he went to Krispy Kreme instead of Dunkin', or like, ooh, I don't care. So I, just, <laughs> I don't have an Instagram. L- long story long, I don't have an Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> However, I do. So if you would like to follow me on Instagram to see my personal stuff, you are more than welcome to do that. I'm at the nerd is underscore in. Um, I made it clear that I didn't I put the underscore because otherwise it would have said the nerd I sin so I decided I feel like I feel like you would have had to make the if you didn't put the underscore you would have had to put capitalization oh yeah but if you because it it would still tag you even if you didn't do the full capitalization options right yeah I think so so it would still be (laughs) that's <laughs> uh, a that's a clutch move with the underscore j i would not have thought about that i would have had that terrible terrible realization too late like well i mean if the account's established we have a following like i can't change it now although you Stuck can on twitter i've forever. noticed you can on twitter i've noticed well great thanks oldies. guys for joining us on another episode we loved having you uh don't forget to share us with your friends and uh most importantly we are going to remain family friendly he like glared at me when he said that by the way i need y'all to know that <laughs> family friendly i will turn it around and we will go home flashback too, right t- too late for that now we're 46 minutes in we're just going well thanks guys we will see you in two weeks um have a great october happy anniversary for the podcast but until then nerd out thank you for listening to another episode of they didn't ask us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at they didn't ask us at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a longtime listener, if you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.